Welcome to episode 19, or 9.99 of Refined by Fire podcast. Refined by Fire, as always, is a Brothers in Battle Media production and is brought to you by our friends at Elkhart Brass. We will, of course, uh, dig into this 19.999 thing a little later in our interview with Adam. Safe to say it was an inside joke that maybe spiraled out of control uh, but there's also an interesting bit of thoughtfulness behind it. So uh, definitely stick around to hear Adam talk about that. Before we do that, let's talk about Elkhart Brass, our longtime sponsor uh, here at Refined by Fire. If you're like me, uh, you can approach vendors uh, somewhat cynically. So if there's anything going on in your department and you have needs or thoughts behind acquiring nozzles, adapters, appliances, monitors, just get a hold of them and have their people come out. Get it, get an Elkhart rep out there. They're always like really generous with their time, happy to come flow water for hours. Like I, I've just had really good experiences with these guys. So I think the proof is in the pudding. Uh, check out their products, see what you think. Elkhart has this great portable flow meter, the EB500XD, and uh, they'll bring that out. You can check that thing out. I mean, I think that's a, a great product for a fire department to have, but if nothing else, the reps can bring it out. You can actually find out what your attack packages are flowing. Uh, so, you know, it's a win-win for you. You get to check out some new stuff. Maybe you end up specking it on your rig. Maybe you don't, um, you know, but, but you're operating with like all the information. So definitely give Elkhart a call if you're looking to get any of that kind of stuff uh, at your department. Okay, my guest here on episode 19 slash 999 is my good friend, Adam Mayers. Adam is a firefighter in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, he's been in the fire service for 14 years. And uh, Adam's, a, Adam's a great dude and really like an interesting thinker, a guy who's put a lot of thought into why he does the things the way he does things. So Adam teaches with us at Brothers of Battle. He also does some work with uh, Fire by Trade, teaching a lot of their engine classes as well. Uh, he's a really good fireman and uh, a really good dude. I think you're really gonna enjoy this talk with him. So here is my talk with Adam Mayers. In an oddly sequenced episode 999 with my man, Adam Mayers. Adam, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Dude, it is an, an absolute privilege to be on episode 999. So dude, cool. you've, had, you've had so many cool people on way before me. It's 998 awesome. of them. Yes, and they are all well-deserving, way more than me. So so we've had that joke for a little while now. Uh, yeah. I, I guess we should fill fill folks in as to why this this weird number is going to pop up in the feed of Refined by Fire podcast. So why episode 999? Give us uh, – let's see if we can piece together the story. Okay, so um, A, it started out as a joke, but B, like uh, more importantly um, – there's so many people in the fire service that have so much more to offer than, uh, than just a, a dork from Casper, Wyoming. So, 
um, they're way more deserving to, to be on this podcast, in my opinion. So I always found it funny, like, you know, 999, like if it ever got to me, like it would be that far down the queue, you know, like there's that many people. So if not more, so. Sure. Yeah. That you got to pick, a... pick a number. Might as well. Sure. <laughs> not a thousand. That's, that would <laughs> yeah. be disrespectful. Yes. Uh, I want to be the one right before you hit the thousand mark. Plus it also like, you know, um, it also gives you a goal, right? Because like, this is, you know, something hard to do, like to call people, take the time out and interview people over and over and over and over again. Um, it's hard to stay on point after a while of like, dude, do I really want to do this? Like, am I going to continue on? Like, it kind of gives you something to shoot for too. So like, I really hope that like it goes to nine ninety nine plus, you know, like the sky's the limit. I mean, you look at Joe Rogan, he's got like damn close to, you know, 1500 <laughs> in podcasts. And you're just like, Holy cow. How does he do it? So anyway, it's a goal for you as well. Yeah, that's not going to happen, and that's why you're here. <laughs> that's why you're here today because we're, I'm not ever going to make nine ninety nine. And you say you say that. Yeah. Now now the seeds in there. Right. It's grow. Who knows how long this project's going to last? And and I had to make sure that that we talked uh, before yeah. before it ended. So yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that we we got together here. Absolutely, man. I am too. Uh, rare is the day we actually get to chat, so it's always good. No, it is. We were having a little bit of Skype trouble, you know, before we got on, and, and I was like, well, you know, I'm sure we'll figure it out, but if we don't, we'll just talk on the phone and catch up because yeah. it's always a great time just talking with you. So, um, Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. This will be a little – probably a more conversational uh, tone, you know, just, just catching up with a friend, which is, which is fun. Always fun. Uh, you know, I, I always do a little bio beforehand, so you don't have to give your whole life story here, right? You mentioned okay. you mentioned you live in or work in Casper, Wyoming, which is, I mean, I live in Boise, Idaho, and that's pretty remote, and, and Casper is remote <laughs> to me. So, uh, yeah, dude, yeah, Boise's like, uh, uh, what's the population of Boise? In Boise proper, maybe two forty, two fifty. It's like it's just under. Yeah. It's like a half a million metro. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's way bigger than uh, 60 plus thousand yeah. people. So, yeah, like, I don't know if Boise's really small anymore, man. Just so you know. I know, bro. <laughs> like, Casper, Casper's probably where I'm coming when I retire. Yeah, dude, seriously. It'll be the same size. We're stuck in kind of a time warp where, like, we're always like 20 years behind everybody else. Yeah. So, in some ways, it might not be so bad. <laughs> uh, well, let's dig into it, man. Uh, you're All right. You're known for a few things, or at least you're known to me for a few things, which is like, <laughs> and, and come on, like you've, you know, some people follow you on the gram and, and, and things like that. So yeah. Or the Facebooky broha. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I think about you or at least what, what people might perceive as, as kind of the Adam Mayers is, um, you know, you're a family guy. You always make uh, a lot of time out for your family. You're always kind of highlighting what you're doing with your family. You're an engine dork. Like you love oh, yeah. engine work, and that's why yes, we're I boys. Do. And uh, and then you've also shown a lot of uh, magnetism toward uh, the the Stoic philosophy. Mm-hmm. So those are those are a few things I want to I want to dig into a little bit. So I mean, we were just we were just rapping about your family first. So yeah. you're a guy that gets out. You do a lot of things. You go teach. You know, at, at conferences and classes around the country. You plug in with yeah. some really good people you go to work you give 100 percent. you're 
you're doing stuff like this in your off time. So how have you found success in, in balancing your passion for work and your passion for your family? Oh man. Um, man, to be honest, when I started, it wasn't balanced in even the slightest, uh, I was volunteering at a, a fire department in Golden. Um, I was a career guy at Cunningham in, in the um, Denver metro area. And, uh, and dude, I was like 110% fire. And so um, not balanced with the family side of it. Uh, with that being said, like um, – my wife's kind of been through the whole fire thing with me when I started to uh, now. And uh, I feel really bad for her because the first part of it was very, very one-sided. Um, I was, uh, I was hardcore um, to a fault. And so it wasn't until um, we decided to move back to Casper to um, help my folks as they get older and to kind of bring the grandkids closer to their grandparents um, that, uh, I really started reflecting on how one-sided that whole thing was and like have really um, started to focus more on the family side of things when I'm not at work. Um, that's not to say and, uh, that I don't, uh, when I have free time, study fire service related material or think about it, you know, as I'm doing tasks around the house. But uh, um, when I'm with my wife and kids, I try to be with them. I try to put everything aside and it's been, uh, it's been quite the process. So I have a similar, a similar story in that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I definitely charged too hard and, and had a couple of years of really neglecting certain aspects of like my role as, as mm -hmm. a, a husband and a father. I kind of wonder if that was necessary in some ways though. Um, I think so. Like, I think it's kind of, you know, you're always growing. You're always uh, developing as a human, you know, through those different stages of your life. And uh, I mean, man, the first half of my life was solo, you know, like, yeah, I had relationships, but they were mostly, you know, with, like the friends. Um, I had girlfriends, but like, you know, it, it, there was nothing serious because it was always about me you know, very selfish, like, what do I want to get accomplished? What do I want to do? Um, and then those periods kind of, you know, they get old. I, I spent a lot of time solo on the road, um, either hanging with friends or with work or whatever, but like, you know, the relationships were friends and whatever I wanted to do. Um, now <laughs> at some point that gets old, I got tired of living out of a suitcase and, and traveling and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you go through those periods and, and dude, it's all development. You know, you realize like, whoa, dude, like maybe there's something that I'm missing. And then you realize, dude, I was missing a ton. And so it's kind of cool. Uh, kids, kids are kind of that, <laughs> that big eye opener of like, wait a second, like, you know, like I need to do something for somebody else, you know, type of deal. Yeah. So life's not about me. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kids are crazy. Uh, this is just you and me rapping, so you know maybe it'll stay in the pod, maybe it won't. Yeah, but, yeah uh, You know, there's there's a song that I like, and it's called Magic Mirror, and it talks about how you see yourself and your kids. Yeah, it's almost like a manifestation 
of God's spirit. Like just the fact that like, man, you, this, there's this crazy thing that just reflects the world, but like a mirror back to you. I'll definitely have to cut that out because my voice was going up. But. <laughs> no, and then that's the thing is like, uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's funny because I see different attributes of either my wife or me and our kids, you know, and it's just funny because you're just like, holy cow. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, kid, don't be like me. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah. And, yeah, that's fun, man. Well, well cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to provide an example of someone who, who can love the job, but in its proper context, you know, secondary to their role in their family. Yeah. If you're a family yeah. guy, not everyone is, you know, has a family. So. Well, and, and the thing is, is like, this is one of the things that I kind of um, came across recently is like, everybody's on the same path. They're just on different parts of the path. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's the funny thing with life. Like, you know, the older you get, the more reflective you get. Um, so um, with that being said, like, um, you know, when you're younger, you're not, you could give two shits about reflecting on your life. It's like, it's, dude, what, what is that? That looks cool. I'm going to go do it. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and like that reckless abandon, you know, there's no thought like, Hey dude, I could, I could break my neck doing this or whatever, you know, like I've been, uh, you know, I used to boulder uh, a while ago and you know, you're 30 feet up with no rope and like a four inch fucking crash pad and somebody down below you that you're probably going to squash, you know, and you're just like, you have no thought that I'm going to fall and I could really hurt myself. You're just like, all right, cool. Like I need to get this done and, and I'm almost to the top. Like there's, you know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting. But. How was, uh, how was stoicism informed the way that you're, you reflect on your life? Um, <clears throat> wow. <laughs> you know, I didn't really find stoicism until a few years ago. Um, and maybe it was in the background and I just wasn't paying attention. But uh, now um, I went through some pretty dark times in my transition from Colorado to Wyoming. Um, and so th through those dark times, trying to find some sort of meaning out of all of it, something that could pull me out of uh, some dark, dark places, uh, I just happened to come across stoicism. Um, I think a lot of it, probably stemmed from, you know, finding, uh, you know, Jocko hit at the right time, Tim Ferriss hit at the right time. Um, and through those guys, I think it kind of opened up my, the door to Ryan Holiday, who writes a lot of books about stoicism. And man, crushing through a, a bunch of those, I was just like, wow, like, um, there's a lot of really cool things. I mean, it's, it's the memoirs of, of really powerful people. And like, Stuff that I guarantee you nobody, they didn't show anybody, you know, but somehow we got a copy of it and now we can look into, you know, Marcus Aurelius's, you know, basically diary of what he was thinking. And you're just like, holy cow, like, here's a dude that had the weight of the world on his shoulders. And like, this is what he was thinking about. And it's just like, okay, um, how do I use this to pull myself out? And, and it was it's very interesting. Like you do a lot of self-reflecting of like, okay, what do I want to be as a person? Um, well, you know, do the right thing. That's enough. Make, make good decisions. That's enough. Okay, cool. You know, and like, uh, 
maybe it was just my upbringing and stuff like that. Like a lot of things go into it, but like it helped me think about like my moral fiber and my character and like everything that I'd done up to that point. And it helped just kind of solidify like, okay, like I've made some good decisions. Yeah. I've made bad ones. Everybody does, but it's how you pull yourself back from those. And so it's like, all right, cool. Like Marcus did the same thing. Like here's a guy that ran the Roman empire and he's just like me, you know, here's Seneca. He did the same things. And like, this is, you know, some of his words on how to, and his thoughts on how to be a better human. It's like, all right, cool, man. Like, I could get on board with that. So, so let's do something that I haven't done before. Uh, usually, cool. I, I save the uh, the standard refined by fire questions for the end. Oh God! But maybe let's pepper them in here into the middle. Okay. So, we've talked about social media a little bit, mm-hmm. and when you mentioned some of those other influences that informed or. or um, highlighted stoicism for you. Talk to me about social media within the fire service, what you see as the positives, what you see as potentially the negatives, um, and kind of what, what your outlook is. Okay. That. Cool. Um, well, I will start, uh, because we just got done kind of talking about stoicism, but, uh, I, I am a firm believer in fate. Things happen for a reason. Um, and a lot of them are kind of unexplained. But if you really pay attention, they, they, they help you out. And so one of them is Chris Brennan, right? I, uh, I didn't know who Chris Brennan was, right? I, I read an article from him that he wrote in 2007 when I was back in Colorado, and I didn't even pay attention to who wrote it, right? Fast forward to a year ago, and now I'm face-to-face with this guy. And I'm like, wait a second. That's the dude that wrote that article. And I was like... Dude, that article changed my life. And that article was, uh, you want me to do what? It was printed in fire engineering. And it talks about like just the physiological stuff that goes through a firefighter, right? And so I read that. I meet Chris. And then through that, Gary Lane's like, hey, man, you need to read this book in the same process, uh, the same time frame that I meet Chris. We're up in Portland. We're setting up. And the book is about John Boyd. And I'm going to get to the social media, okay? So, I want to get into John Boyd, so this is, this is great. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, Gary is like, hey, you need to read this book. It's awesome, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. So I read the book, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. And I'm like, Gary, thank you so much for you know leading me on to this Boyd book. And it, it was basically just like the, a biography of Boyd. It didn't really dive into the OODA loop or anything like that. And he's like, yeah, Chris Brennan uh, was the one that uh, recommended the book. And I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, dude, he's like a wealth of knowledge on Boyd. And I was like, cool, man, I have some questions. So I call up Chris Brennan, and we have this conversation about Boyd. And like, um, it was like somebody took the skull cap off of my brain and then just jammed some C4 in it and then lit it off. Because I was just like, wow, it answers so much. And so to get back to the, the social media thing, the fire service has been a closed system for a long, long time. And, and what I mean by that is, is, you know, you had your little fiefdoms, right? And they were all doing their thing. And the only thing that kind of um, opened the door to new ideas was either through magazines, 
or like um, FDIC or something like that. But the thing is, is those were controlled. They're all controlled. And, uh, and so when you have that kind of control. And controlled by what? Well, and that's the thing is like, in, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, nine times out of ten I am, but it's controlled by uh, the businesses that make a profit. And I, and, and I don't. So just let me. And I'm it's so not a sorry. knock on. Yes, it's not a knock on them. Agreed. I'm, dude, they're a business. Agreed. That's what. They, like, dude, their job is to make money, right? And so, like, but the thing is, is when you're controlled by that, and you're controlled by technology or something like that, like, um, you're still limited. And so, in comes social media. And social media, when it started off, was it was basically. It was another uh, avenue of freedom of speech, right? It opened the door to dorks from Wyoming to have a voice to, to share their thoughts, their opinions, their ideas with the world, right? And that goes for anybody. I mean, just look at social media right now, dude. It, like, whatever comes out of people is them, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, that's them. And, like, uh, some of them take it a little bit too far, but whatever. Like, that's them, right? They're just being themselves. You can like it or you can not like it. That's your choice, but it's, it's a version of freedom of speech. And so it, basically what it did to the closed system was just like what Chris Brennan did to my brain by opening the skull cap, putting some C4 in, and detonating it. Like, it opened up the fire service to all sorts of things. Now, with that, just like Pandora's box, there's always good and there's bad, and you need to be able to filter through that and i think a lot of people say that but the thing is is like even bad things can spur new ideas an open system you know people bring all sorts of you're your own unique person right there's like simple things that you do or you say that can spark an idea in somebody else that allows them to come up with the next biggest thing right and that's the beauty of an open system and that's the beauty of individuals being themselves and being able uh, an avenue to express themselves because you might not agree 100% with what they express, but there's one little thing in there where you're like, wait a second, that reminds me of this and this reminds me of that. And if I put all those together, boom, I come up with this and I'm going to put that out there. And people are like, oh, and the system grows, right? And so that's kind of how I look at social media is. Like, a lot of people look at it pretty negatively. Um, for me, uh, dude, it is a wealth of knowledge. There isn't a day that goes by where, like, I don't get an email that uh, leads me to read something or I see something posted on Facebook that allows me to dive a little bit further into finding meaning off of it. Um, there isn't an Instagram photo that doesn't uh, give me an idea for something that I want to do, right? Like, it, um, it's all in how you look at it. And I think a lot of times... People take it and they they spin it into something that um, that is in, in a negative tone of light. And like for me, I'm a seeker of knowledge and I'm a seeker of wisdom, and so I use it for those avenues. And then on top of it, dude, Facebook is like a friggin' memoir, right? Like for whatever you post, it's there forever, dude. Like I don't know how many times like. You, know, you get the Facebook memory. It's like four years ago, something I posted. I'm like, wow, dude, that was such a different time. But like, 
dude, I remember that. And I remember like the feelings and everything that was, and it's just like, it's like opening up your journal and being able to just like, well, it's like your journal opening up for you. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, ah, dude, that's so cool. And like, it's, uh, and so I, I use Facebook more as a memoir. Um, it's a, it's a reminder for me somewhere down the road that like, you need to pull your shit together, you know? So like, I'll, I'll see it in the morning and I'm just like, Oh dude, I was getting after it back then. The hell happened to you, bro? You know, it's like, dude, go get the hose, go out in the bay and start freaking laying down some hose or go outside, go flow some water or, Hey, go throw that damn ladder or, Hey man, your workouts, they're half ass, bro. Like get after it. So they're like little reminders to me, you know, I feel sorry for a lot of people that look at them, you know, I hope they get something from them, but like, dude, they're mostly for me. They're reminders to me of like, Hey, you said this, are you doing it? You know, like, uh, you better be. So hopefully that answers some of that. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's good. I, I like that you briefly touched on how some folks want to paint it in a strictly negative light. Yeah. And we both know that there's, there's plenty of negativity. Um, you know, what's funny is that, like I scroll through and like, dude, I don't know if it's just me, but like it's blasting fast i'm like boom 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 and i'm like cool like that like that don't like that and and like but if i don't like it i just scroll over it man if i'm not liking your shit like it's either a i didn't see it or b like i just didn't like agree with whatever i don't know but like the thing is is i have that choice and like usually it's just like dude i'm like the blitzkrieg dude i hit it hard and fast and i'm done and then i go about something else because you know you can you can waste a lot of time on that kind of stuff. Uh, and honestly, I don't have it. I don't have that time. Yeah. So, well, I, I appreciate the positive value in the way that you frame that, uh, the open loop. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a, that's a really good way of understanding it and, and that free exchange of information and kind of like the best of what the internet was supposed to be. And then yeah. it's just supposed to connect us all and have a free flow of information. And in many ways it, it has done that. And I think it's accelerated, uh, the learning curve for oh yeah for guys like our generation in the fire service. Absolutely, um, dude. I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you if it wasn't for the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely my story. It was it was Chris Brennan and Fire Service Warrior. That, yeah, that did it, it was Gary, yeah. dude. Gary Lane. Uh, I owe so much to Gary, and he is he is such a good friend. Um, but like, he took a chance on a dude that had a single question one day, you know, five years ago and it's blossomed into so much more. And I can't thank him enough because all of the people that I've either gone to classes, uh, that have instructed classes that I've gone to, or I've taught with, it all stems from Gary. We had our first conversation when I got your number from Gary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is like, you know, I don't know, I don't know what he saw in me. I don't know, you know, maybe it was something in the conversation, but like, uh, the funny thing is, is like, I, that's a question that haunts me is like what people actually see in me, because I don't know if I necessarily see it in myself, if that makes sense. That's big. Yeah. I mean, dude, think about it. Uh, I met Gary. I went uh, to Andy Frederick's training days to watch him present because uh, I wanted to support him. 
Um, and plus, I wanted to go to Andy Frederick's training days. I thought it was awesome. Um, I got to meet a ton of really awesome people there. That opened a bunch of doors. It opened the doors to like Brian Bassanelli, Brian Yonkin, the guys from Harrisburg. Um, I went out to Harrisburg shortly thereafter to their firemanship days um, and you know, solidified those relationships and made more. Um, taking a bunch of classes, I met Jeff Shoup there um, and his cadre and like made friendships there um, as well as like uh, the, all the other instructors. Uh, it was just awesome. And then fast forward to, you know, I took Gary's DIY class out there, you know, and like was a student. And from that, that led to me helping him in Portland where, you know, me and you got to work together and like, dude, it was those doors started to open. And next thing you know, like I'm helping Gary teach. Well, through helping Gary teach, I meet Brian Brush out in Portland. Brian Brush takes a chance on me and like has me come help him teach, which opens the door to all the people that teach with him, which dude are phenomenal people, you know, it's like, and so from there, right, like, um, the whole training thing keeps going. And next thing you know, freaking boom, we're, we're teaching with all the stars from brothers in battle. And now we get roped into, Hold the, up. you know what I mean? Rewind, rewind the stars. <laughs> oh dude. Every one of them. No, every one of them, dude. No. Like it's so funny because like, you know, you walk into a, a, a class, right. With, with people you haven't taught with and, and you don't know, you know, like in my world, like, you know, all of them are truckies, right? Well, secretly, they're all engine people. They won't tell you. But, like, dude, they they crush it on all aspects. And you're just like, dude, yeah, they're stars. Like, every one of those cadres has stars in them, you know? And then you look at some of the other training groups, and there's stars in those, too, you know, like, that are, are killing it. And so, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's people that don't want that, um, that notoriety, you know, like uh, – Jason Jeffries, uh, Chris Cummings, uh, you know, Sean Donovan was kind of on the stage for a little bit and he's kind of, I think, pulled back a little bit for probably personal reasons or whatever. But like, the thing is, is like, these are all just phenomenal people you can learn so much from and they're stars in their own little area. And, uh, and whether they're, you know, they come across as a truckie or they come across as an engine person, dude, they're honing their skills in all of it. So it's, it's really cool. All right, so let's dig into engine work. Oh boy! Since since you brought it up, you're, yes, you're, you're just host. You're hosting this show. <laughs> this is great. I'm just pushing record. Yeah, dude, I just try to keep it easy for you, buddy. So I, I like to say, and, and and I'm kind of the same way. So so I profess to be like dyed in the wool engine guy. Uh huh. But I like truck work too. Oh, I like dude, to, I like love a, like a lot. Yeah. But the the reality is is that engine work is God's work because That's a fact. because you know water is, is what wins. You know it was funny because you 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 say that and like you know we had that uh, text exchange last night, but uh, of kind of what we were going to talk about, and, and you had that in there, and I was just like, man, engine work is God's work. Uh, it's the closest thing to God's work. And here's my reasoning behind it. And like uh, truckies, please just bear with me for a second. The reason why is, is you're taking elements, right? Like fire is an element, water is an element, right? And you're putting these two elements against each other, right? And you're the controller of the water element, which 
kind of makes you almost godlike because you're using that element to kill another element. It's, uh, dude, it's pretty interesting when you start getting deep on it. It's, uh, that's really great. It's pretty fun. I have a, a buddy who teaches a little bit out here. He's actually really under the radar, but he's one of the smartest and, and best firemen I've known. His name's Chad Kane. Have you ever met mm-hmm. Chad? So, so I don't know. We, we might have. <laughs> so, so Chad explains it as energy against energy. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's like Luke and, and Darth Vader or, yeah, or, dude, or whatever being... else, you know, but like it, it's, it is an interesting thing when you break it down to that, like it, it is literally elemental. It's energy yeah. against energy and is your energy enough to, to overcome? Yeah, dude. Physics, man. It's, it's dude. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's cool when you think about it in those terms and like, it's really easy to say, you know, like the cliche shit of like put red, you know, wet stuff on the red stuff. But like, you're, you're literally using elements that back in the day, like people were trying to understand, you know, the elements and they wrote about elements and all sorts of crazy myths and stuff like that. And like, you're wielding one of them against another. It's kind of cool. Anyway. I'm so glad I have you here. (laughs) People are going to be like, dude, I'm so glad this is episode 999. (laughs) 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 Uh... So let's talk a little bit more about engine stuff. You, so we're going to watch this. Watch this hosting. I'm going to take Ooh, yes. the second to last thing we talked about, and then I'm going to yeah. take the last thing we talked about, and I'm going to bring it forward, and we're going to talk about social media and engine work and okay. the movement that you started. Oh, the God. Godfather of the movement. Oh, man. What uh, movement was that? You know, <laughs> the, the, engine, the engine zero movement, this idea. Okay. That, cool. uh, you can that you can do it on your own. So, talk to me about the genesis of that. Why why Engine Zero had to happen for you, and okay. then what it's become. Um. So, um. And this isn't going to be a knock against anybody, but it's just a reality. Um. We don't train enough. Like what we do, we just we do not train enough. So let, and the problem, let me and just say, is, I don't train enough. Yeah, you, you know, so, so I, I'm not. Let us not cast stones. Like I don't train yeah. enough. Yeah, exactly. And and I think if you asked anybody, they would say we just don't train enough. Uh, when you get down to it, and and there's a bunch of reasons for it, and we don't have to go into those. But like for me, I I really wasn't training enough. Um, you know, like uh, <clears throat> I ran across uh, fields um, haphazardly, and I was like, man, like he makes it look so easy. And so I was like, it must be easy. So one day I was like, man, we ain't got nothing going on. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and try it. So I pieced together a bunch of stuff and I was like, all right. um, I don't really feel comfortable asking to take the engine out because like it kind of puts us at a disadvantage to the people that we serve. Right. Because if I tie it into a hydrant and then I pull lines off of it, like I'm committing our engine to an extra minute plus of not being able to respond. Right. And so I was like, okay. Um, plus, uh, you know, you, you also work with two other people, or at least I do, you know, maybe you're lucky and you work with three other people, but like they have shit going on too. Right. And it's like, I don't want to pull them out for my own self indulgence. So I was like, all right, Maybe I can just tie into the hydrant and I can work on this stuff. Well, 
we're pretty fortunate uh, in Casper. Like, dude, some of our hydrants in the station that I was stuck at uh, for a while, um, dude, that hydrant was pumping 110 easy. And I was like, right on, man. And so basically I just I adjusted the hose length to uh, the nozzle pressure to figure out, like, you know, how much pressure I actually needed to get a, the appropriate flow. I was like, all right, let's go out and let's see how easy this really is. And, dude, I think I put it on facebook like dude i got dumped on my ass like immediately and i was just like okay like maybe i don't maybe i'm not as good as i think i am right and like that that kind of gut punch to the ego of like he made it look easy why isn't it easy you know and it was like oh i know why because i haven't fucking practiced it and so i spent a lot of time just like all right man like you guys got stuff going on I want to go do this. I'm going to go tie into the hydrant and I'm going to work on it. And so, uh, and you know, I went and I took some classes and stuff like that and I brought it back and I, I started working on it and I started trying to hone it. And, uh, I always just used the hydrant, um, whether I was evaluating hose, nozzles, whatever, like I didn't really need a pump because the hydrant was kicking out enough pressure for anything that I wanted to do. All I had to do was adjust the hose to match it. And so, uh, as far as length, I guess. And so, yeah, that kind of started me just working on my skills and trying to be better at what I could do with a hose line. And, uh, dude, it was, uh, it was a lot of failure. It was a lot of, it was a lot of gut checks of like, holy cow, like you need to work on some stuff. Um, dude, I needed to get stronger dude. It changed the way I worked out um yeah dude all sorts of just crazy things that come from that kind of mentality of like i'm not getting enough i need to go get it um and i can't rely on anybody else to be the motivator to go do it i just need to motivate myself and like that kind of all hit during like the jocko you know tim ferris uh kind of time frame of like dude the discipline is self-discipline like, you know, you want motivation, it comes through discipline. It's getting up, getting out, and going and doing it. And, and dude, there were days where I was just like, it's embarrassing to go out in front of your crew, you know, that they're like, where the hell's Adam at? And they look out, and you're tied into a hydrant getting pushed across the parking lot, you know, <laughs> uh, getting manhandled by uh, a hose and a nozzle. Um, and you're just like, dude, it, I wonder what people are thinking, you know, whether it's your crew or whether it's the people driving by, like, dude, who is this fool and who does he think he is, you know? But at the same time, it was like, dude, I'm a guy that sucks at his job and I want to be better. And that's why I was out there. And so I'm sorry, I kind of am making this long, but Engine Zero kind of culminated years after that. Um, I had some props. Uh, we were working on um, like some hose bed stuff uh temporarily um and so i had a hose bed made up and it was sitting in the bay in the back of our plow truck you know with some hose in it and stuff like that and uh another engine crew came by my buddy chris saw it sitting there and so uh he took some gaffers tape and he he just taped engine zero on it and because uh, it was kind of like a right joke i was like oh yeah you know i got a uh, engine zero outside like i'm gonna go stretch some hose or whatever. So he actually tagged it. And like, uh, I came in and dude, I started laughing so hard. I was like, because it was the visual 
representation of everything that I'd been doing up to that point. And I was like, gaffer's tape isn't enough. I was like, cause it'll fall off or somebody will peel it off and I'll be pissed. So I went and grabbed some spray paint and spray painted over it and then peeled the gaffer's tape off. I still have that piece. Uh, the, the prop actually got destroyed. The guys were trying to move it and, uh, they accidentally dropped it and broke it. So, but I still have that piece with the original engine zero on it and I'll, I'll save that forever. It's so cool. I like that. What solidified it though was when, was when Chris, you know, put that tape on there, right? It was like a, it, the physical it all manifestation. Yep. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an idea that became a physical manifestation all in that one little thing. And I was just like, you know what? It's beautiful. I was like, it's, uh, it's such a cool idea of, like no excuses you know um you need to go train there are zero excuses to not go out and train and it doesn't matter if it's engine stuff if it's throwing ladders or if it's searching or if it's a workout that incorporates some of that like it's all of it well when engine zero finally became manifested i was like you know what like i could like make stickers, I could make t-shirts, I could make hats, I could do all this stuff and I could charge people and make money off of it, right? And I was like, you know what? Now, like I want it to be open source. I want it to be a call sign for those guys that are like sitting in the firehouse and they're like, I know I should be training and but I don't want to I don't want to raise that um alarm you know like what the fuck does this guy think he's better than me it's like no dude i think i suck that's why i'm out here doing this um those guys that push past that and go out and literally throw their shit on grab a ladder grab a hose grab a freaking hose dummy and just go train like i wanted something for them to be like hey man you're not alone right and we're all in this together and guess what? It's open source. Like, dude, you're part of Engine Zero, dude. And, like, Brush put it so eloquently when he was like, you know, take excuses out of service, not the engine. You know, and it's like, yeah. Like, dude, there is no excuse. If you have an open part of your day, there should be no excuse that you can't go out and, and work on something. And it doesn't, like, you know, guys think that, you know, it's hours out there on the, the drill ground or, you know, behind the station or whatever. It's like, no, man, like it could be 15 minutes of masking up drills. It could be half an hour of dragging friggin' sandbags up and down the bay working on, you know, rescue positions and stuff like that and how to drag dead weight from a crawl. Like all those little things make you better, you know, and, and it doesn't take much. It could be reading. You know, like, that's the thing is, like, I spend a lot of time reading now, too, um, because, uh, you know, yeah, we got to be physically fit, but, man, you got to be mentally sharp, too, and you got to have your mental faculties, and the more you can, I just got done reading a book, Range, dude, eye-opening, such a good book, dude. That's on my, um, it's like the next book on my list. Dude, it gets, it gets pretty thick. Um, I like thick. I mean, but, dude, it, it is eye-opening of like you know you can't be a specialist in this world when you start specializing dude you start building a closed system um some of the most successful 
things that have ever been done are like based on open decisions from people that you wouldn't even think would have input that solve the problem because they have like a different viewpoint on it. And so it's just, it's a cool, a cool thing to um, think about. And so like I, my books nowadays, dude, they, they're all over the map, dude. I just, I just bought a book on minimalism from a Japanese writer i've got a book on stillness you know like dude it's just i try to run like if if it interests me and it's in a book (laughs) chances are good i'm buying it and then i'll read it so yeah it's cool anyway sorry we kind of no 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 it's okay man i want to do that uh that's that's what's fun about this um so i've been i've been challenging people recently to read more fiction yeah So, so i like i don't know where you're at on that but uh if, if you're not reading a lot of fiction, I, I'm, I'm not saying read a lot of fiction. I'm saying I would encourage you to mix it in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is like, dude, you got to be creative, right? And how do you open up the creative channels? You read creative things. Like, dude, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the funny thing is, is like I think back of like a lot of the books that I read and some of the most influential ones were fiction because they allow you to be creative. Very cool. So what you're talking about with, with Engine Zero, what you're talking about in terms of guys getting out there, taking responsibility for their own excellence, putting in some extra work, um, taking, taking that upon themselves, that can do one of two things. It, it either seems to build community around that or it can be divisive and often both at the same time. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. It's just my experience. Oh, uh, dude, it's mine as well. That that's what happens. So, so it's, you, my, it's mine as well, yeah. You can kind of end up being that guy. You can be, you know, just get, get labeled, get a target on your back. Some people really want to be a part of what you're doing or, or see that and want to bring you along with what they're doing. And, and other people are, are going to take that as a reason to uh, criticize you or think negatively about you. The, the other thing too, and I'll, I'll add another group is there's a group of people that want to do that, what you're doing, but won't because of the other group. And so they hide in the shadows. Um, and that's kind of, it goes back to that engine zero. It's like, Hey man, you're not alone, dude. Like, uh, there's guys all across the country who have the same thought process, but are a little bit concerned about being whatever that guy is. Right. And it's like, you know what? You're not alone. Like, um, and chances are good. There's a guy in your department just like you. And you know what? Go do it. Because the thing is, and like, I'll get to your point here of being that guy. Cause I am that guy. Um, and, and I'm cool with it now. I, I, it was hard for me to, uh, get around that. But at the same time, like, dude, you're trying to better yourself right and the one thing i don't do is walk around going hey look at me i'm better than you right i just go do what i'm going to do now if that raises a mirror in front of the person that comes out and observes it or sees a social media post or whatever and it raises a mirror in front of them and allows them to look at themselves and they think poorly of themselves because they're not out there doing that. That's on them, not on me. Because the thing is, is I could give a shit what 
is going through your head. I have like 50 things that I'm working on and it has nothing to do with I'm better than you. It has everything to do with I suck at what I'm trying to do right now and I'm trying to get better at it. And so I'm thinking about the small things, right? Like, okay, hand goes here, foot goes here. How do I, you know, rub my belly, chew bubble gum and hop on one foot? Like, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking, dude, if I'm out here, it's showing those guys I'm better than them. That, that never crosses my mind. And in fact, if they walk out and they're like, Maris, what are you doing, man? I'm like, oh, dude, I was just trying to work on this one thing. Like, hey, you want to you wanna spin on it? Like, maybe you can help me out. Dude, I've learned more. I had a new guy um, show up to our station, and I was out back working with the two and a half. And, and people, uh, you know, have probably seen the video or whatever. I don't know if they have or not. I don't really care. But the thing is, is I was trying to knee walk a two and a half because I was like, hey, man, if I could knee walk this two and a half, can you imagine how easy the inch and three quarter would be? And so I was like, all right. And so I was trying it. Uh, the way I do an inch and three quarter and the new guy comes out, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, man, I don't know if you want to know, like I'm, I'm trying to knee walk this two and a half. And he's just like, Oh, he's like, well, what, how are you doing it? And I was like, like this, you know? And so I, I show him and he's like, you mind if I try? And I was like, no, dude, I'd love it if you do. So he hops on and he's like, tries it. And he's like, Hmm. And like, so we sit there and we have this great conversation. Like, well, maybe, Maybe it's because we're trying it the same way, you know? And, like, he's, like, so he does it just slightly different. And he makes it look easy. And I'm just, like, holy shit. Like, I mean, knee walks the shit out of this two and a half. And I was, like, wow, that is impressive. So I'm, like, all right, man. Like, I get on it. And, dude, it's a struggle. But, like, it's just this subtle technique different. And it unlocks a whole new world. And it's from a guy that's never knee walked who just happened to walk out and ask, Hey man, what are you working on? You know? And the thing is, is that's the thing is you get labeled the guy because you're out there doing something that other people probably would want to go do, or at some point in their career wanted to go do, but they got shit on by somebody else. And so it raises that mirror in front of them and they have to self reflect. And in that self reflection, they don't like what they see. And so then they take that self-reflection of that mirror and they cast out an attack back, right? Because they don't like it. And so that attack back comes back to the, the person that raised that mirror in the first place. And the thing is, is I didn't raise the mirror. I, I really don't care. Like, dude, you want to come to work and you want to sit on your ass? I don't care. That's, that's, that's between you and yourself, right? Um, for me, dude... I can't live with myself. Like I have to be working on something. I have to be working on me. I have to be getting better. I, I signed my name on that line. Right. And that meant something. And so for me to allow myself to, to ease off, um, is it goes against dude so much in in my character my moral compass all of that like it just it is so hard for me to break that because i feel like i've let them down and, and like that stems you know we were talking earlier about family i sat there one day at work and i was like dude my wife doesn't know anything that like what goes on in the fire station right my kids don't know like what what am i doing 
it today that would make them proud of me, right? That would, that would justify the two days straight that I don't get to see them, right? Like, am I working on my craft or am I just sitting around doing nothing, right? And it's like, man, I got to be doing something. Like, I want to show them. Right. And so like part of those social media posts are also a message to my family. Like, Hey man, like when I go to work, like I'm working, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be all these things. Like, like here is visual proof of the sacrifice I'm making of my family by time at work. And and here's what I'm doing to better myself, you know, type of deal. If that makes any sense. So anyway, that makes sense. The specific question that I wanted to pose, and, and I feel like you answered it in there, and I, I just want to make <laughs> I, I just want to make sure we highlight it. Yeah. Is is it worth it to be that guy? Um, for me, yes. Because I, again, like I go back to that Marcus Aurelius, or maybe it was Seneca that said it. Dude, I confuse those guys all the time. But of if you're doing the right thing, it's enough. So, right. And so when it's you, when you, you said that earlier. Yeah. And, and then with your last answer, I, I wonder if the question isn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't or, matter. I, sorry. Well, I said the question, the, the answer yeah. is like, it doesn't yeah. matter if it's worth it. Right? Yeah, well, the thing, the thing is, is like, you could be that guy or you could be the other guy, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the guy that everybody loves and gets along and to get along and all that other stuff. Like that's other people's interpretations, right? That's their, their personal biases directed towards you, right? The thing that really matters is you. Can you live with yourself right. by sacrificing the, the little things that make you you, right? And so... You know, whether you're labeled that guy or, you know, you're the cool kid and everybody loves you, like, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is can you live within your own skin? Can you go to bed at night knowing that you phoned it in? Or can you go to bed at night knowing you did exactly what you wanted to do? You know, um, regardless of the the shit sandwich you might have to eat, Right. And that's the thing is like, man, I would much rather come home and have my wife be like, hey, I saw that video you posted, like strong work, you know, like it's cool to see you working like your kids, like you're, you're being a good role model for your kids. You're being a good role model for people across the country. And that's the thing is like, dude, I didn't set out for Engine Zero to, you know, be what it is like it was. It, it's just kind of bloomed into something really cool. Um, and the thing is, is I'm just being me. I could, I've been through some, some pretty gnarly shit being that guy. Right. Um, you know, I've seen some really dark sides of people and some dark actions towards me, but th- at the end of the day, like that's them, man, they have to live with themselves. Like, dude, I show up to work and like, I try to be the happiest guy I can be. Right. And, uh, yeah, dude, we all get frustrated. We all have gripes. We all have problems and opinions and this and that. But at the end of the day, dude, like, um, and I got this from Michael Gervais and, um, he got it from, um, John Kennedy, uh, former president, but it's dude, 
be the tide that rises all ships. And, and, and that's the thing is like, dude, when I go into work, it's like, okay, like I know some of these guys don't like me. Cool, man. Like that's on them. Like all I can do is be the guy that tries to raise them to be better than they were yesterday. Right. And how do I do that? I do it through my actions. Right. So if I walk in and I'm poopy pants, that's not really helping them. Right. But if I walk in and I'm just like, Hey man, like, dude, tell me about your guys's go. Like, tell me about your calls. Like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. And like, I try to bridge that gap and I try to be a decent human. Right. Like that changes things. And, and the thing is, is it's through my actions. So, uh, the only person I can control is myself. So that's who I try to control. Right. And, and maybe people look at it and they're like, man, I, that's awesome. Like, I wish I was more like that. Or they're like, that guy's a douchebag and like, I'm going to, you know, hate him for life. I, I don't really care. That's on them. But like, for me, like my goal is, is to try to try to be that tide and, and raise everybody up to try to be better than what they were. So that personal accountability is really important, especially during frustrating times or, or whatever it is. Um, you can't oh, control yeah. everything, everyone, uh, but you can oh, dear. control yourself. Yeah, that's a fact. So, so speaking of that guy, <laughs> uh, you mentioned John Boyd earlier. Yeah, buddy. So the book Boyd is by a guy named Robert Porum, and John Boyd was a, a colonel in the Air Force, and he, he came up with a lot of really interesting ideas, and he lived a pretty iconoclastic existence. I read Boyd uh, many years ago at uh, after hearing – Jason Bresler mentioned it in his in his class, making yourself hard to kill. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a famous quote from from the book that everyone likes. Uh, so I know I know you know where I'm going. So so give me the quote from the Boyd book, of, kind of about being that guy. Oh, to either be somebody or do something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. dude. Just well, it's kind of a lengthy, <laughs> but I'll paraphrase it. Yeah, give me the paraphrase. Uh, you know, and like, and I, dude, I'm going to butcher it. And I'm sure when Chris Brennan hears this, he'll probably call me and give me an earful. But anyway, um, yeah, it, there comes a period in, in time where like you're going to be met with, uh, uh, you have to make a decision for you. And that decision is either you're going to do something or you're going to be somebody. And it's, it's kind of that crossroads in life of um, the decision point of am I going to be somebody and try to like sacrifice everything that uh, is or, or potentially sacrifice my moral character, uh, my ethics and all that to be somebody, to be, you know, a superstar? Or am I going to do something and maybe never, ever get recognized for it. And, and, and when you hit that crossroads, you have that decision to make. And, and I hit my crossroads a while ago, hence why I'm probably that guy. Like I could, I really could give a shit about being somebody. Um, hence episode 999, right? Like I'm a nobody from nowhere, man. I'm just like everybody else. But the thing is, is like, I don't want to be somebody. I want to do something. I want to be better than I was before. And I want as many people to do that as well. I want to be that, 
that that light that is like, hey, man, if that nobody from nowhere can do it, like I can do it too, right? So it, what's funny is, and here's the dichotomy of all this, right? Ooh, little, little Jocko. Actually. That's good. Well, I'm glad you're doing them because – Right, because the thing is, is like by doing something, sometimes you actually become that person. You, you become somebody, whether you like it or not, right? Okay. Thank you. It, yeah. Because that's, and, and the, that's really where yeah. I wanted – yeah. I wanted to challenge that idea because yeah. I think it's a I think it's a binary fallacy. Right, but the thing is, is what you got to realize is is that was never the goal, right? Yes. So like a lot of people are like, dude, I want to be the next Beyonce, right? They want to be somebody, mm-hmm. and they don't understand that like what it takes to be somebody mm-hmm. is to do something, right? Like. And to do something that, like, for years, you're probably never going to get recognition for. In the hopes that one day maybe you do. Right? I could do all of this stuff, Stephen, and me and you could have never had this conversation. And I could never have, like, you know, I don't teach with anybody or whatever. I would still be doing what I do. Right? Regardless of I'm on a podcast or I teach with whoever. Like, I would still be doing that. Right. And that's the thing is like, and that's what I hope people kind of get from engine zero is like, dude, do something. Right. And if you need a call sign, right. To show that like you're a part of it or that like, you know, to help you navigate it, it's engine zero. You can make whatever design, dude. All I ask is you don't make money off of it. And dude, guys have made some really cool shit and they're doing something right. And it gives them purpose and it gives them something to, to kind of hang their hat on to know that they're not alone. Because I think a lot of times, like, people are just like, dude, if I'm doing something, like, and there's, there's no pat on the back somewhere down the road, like, is it worth it? Well, yeah, dude, it's worth it, man. Boom, you got engine zero. We got your back, right? Like, just keep doing something. That's awesome. Very well done. You mentioned nobody from nowhere. Oh, dude. Which you know I love, man. Dude, have you ever seen the movie like My Name Is Nobody? It's like an old spaghetti western, dude. It is yeah, that's that's a that's an Eastwood. I don't think uh, I've seen it though. Um, it's is it not? No, I don't think Eastwood is in it. No, okay. he's not in it. No, um, I, but I, it's I uh, dude, you'll have to watch it. It's it's goofy, right? But it's so funny because here's a dude that uh the premise of the movie is this, right? Like you have the, this gunslinger who is a like famed gunslinger, right? And he's old and he wants to retire. He's done. Right. And then you got this young and upcomer who's doing everything he can to impress this old time gunslinger that like, he's, he's the next gunslinger. Right. And like, and so it's just this movie about that, like changing of the guard right and like this old guy is like just trying to get out of it and he's trying to you know tie up some loose ends so he can just ride off into the sunset right and like this guy is like pestering him for you know to to go head to head with him so that now he can be the gunslinger right and so anyway it's just a great movie but uh that's kind of where i got that uh you know my name is nobody is the one of the main characters right he has no name throughout the entire movie and it's it's just pretty funny so that's good i I think it's a i think it's a really good mantra for guys like us um i got a i got a helmet shield made 
They, they said nobody, no, nobody from nowhere, and and yeah. I love it. And I get a lot of weird looks, um, but that was the point, right? Because I'm a guy with with not a lot of time on the job. I have a suburban apartment where everything smells nice and nothing bad ever happens. Right. Um, and yet, I like sometimes I find myself teaching at conferences with two individuals with you know double to triple my experience from urban fire departments that you've heard of. Who've been oh, yeah. to, who've been to fires that you know of, like you've seen videos or you've read reports of them, um, and and like I'll find myself in front of them telling them how to you know perform forcible entry or how to hold the hose in a specific manner. So yeah. it was it, to me it was a, a a way of trying to channel humility and like yeah because I can't say it to every single person every single time, but it's a way that that I can just hopefully say look. Like I'm just trying to to foster something yeah. that I've been shown, yeah. To allow it to to go on and, and and be taught somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And dude, it's funny that you bring that up because like there is a uh, it's really hard to do that to like to instruct guys that like dude are in departments that are crushing fires did you have to have like a specific decision point where you were like okay it's okay for me to do this or was it more linear gradual um it's still hard dude i just got back from uh the denver fire conference or the mile high fire conference and uh and dude i'm staring at guys that like are from huge departments that run fires all the time Right. That like, and it's just like, okay, um, the hell am I going to tell you guys that you don't already know? Right. But at the same time, um, dude, I've been really fascinated as of late with, uh, mastery of either skill or self or whatever. And dude, it was interesting. And I think it was Apollo Ono's interview with Michael Gervais where he's like uh, on the podcast and he's, he's talking about, um, mastery and, and uh, dude, I get it confused because I, I I blaze through so many podcasts, it's crazy. Um, but uh, anyway, um, they're talking about instructing, and like the path to mastery inevitably leads to teaching because you learn just as much from them, if not more, than what you already knew, right? And so when I find myself in those situations, like uh, a lot of times I'm just like, okay, I'm going to share what I know and I'm going to share the context of where I'm coming from. Right. And then I leave it up to them to provide some feedback. Right. Like it's an open exchange, right? Like, Hey, well, you know, I've, I've tried this or this, you know, when I've been doing it and I'm like, Ooh, I never even really thought of that. Like, Hey, let's give that a shot. You know, like, Oh, I can see where this works right on. Cool. You know? And like, the thing is, is it's a place of humility when you go to teach. Um, because you're looked at as like this kind of authoritative, right? Like this is the, the end all be all of knowledge, right? That's why I'm taking this class. And, and it, for the instructor, it's very humbling because you're like, these people are looking to me 
for answers that they probably already know or, you know, yeah, answers and they probably already know the answer. Right. And so like, it's, it's just, it's very, very humbling to stand and, and, and give them what you know. And then also to be able to open up and let them share, um, whether they're doing the task and you're just like, Whoa, Whoa, stop. What'd you just do there, dude? That was amazing. Like, here, let me try that. Right. And like, now you've opened that door and like, now it's just a free, free exchange of information, you know, from some of these people that have way more experience than I'll ever have. It's cool. So that's cool. Okay. Adam, you mentioned the book range that you, uh, just finished. The, uh, David Epstein wrote that, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. I'm pretty excited to get into that. But if you could only recommend or even force every firefighter in America to read one thing, what would it be? Uh, it would be Boyd's book, uh, like his, his entire compilation, The Green Book. Um, and if you're wondering where the hell to find it, I would suggest you try to look at uh, fire service warrior and uh, see if you can't get it through that. Um, and the thing is, is like, it's, it's very interesting because you start out like, and you're just like, what in the hell? Like I could give a shit about, you know, like land wars from, you know, ranging from the dawn of wars to now, but it's Boyd talks about how we think. And so everybody looks at the OODA loop and they're like, oh, the OODA loop, you know, you know, just observe, orient, decide and act. Right. Like, and then the faster you do it, the better off you're going to be. And it's like, that's one aspect of it. If you want to look at it in just a linear fashion, but what the OODA loop is, is how we actually think. And so once you like, dude, once Brennan kind of pointed that out to me, I was just like, wait a second. And so now I find myself like thinking about Boyd at those times where I'm like, why do these two things like that have no business being associated together have unlocked, you know, this thing. And I'm like, Oh, it's because of the OODA loop. It's how we think, you know, and if we're not looking at opening up our range of things that we study or topics that we discuss or experiences that we have like we're limiting how we think and so yeah uh, um it's really cool because like you know boyd uh it's a famous thing that boyd did was uh you know building a snowmobile and like and dude it's just it's really cool because he, he takes these different um subjects and builds a snowmobile out of them. And when he does it, you're just like, what the, hold the, and then you realize like the OODA loop is how you think. It's a very succinct description of how every human thinks. It's really cool. Cool. Really cool. Yeah. So if there was one book, it would be that book. Um, I haven't read that. Typically, Man, I usually have read the books that get 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 recommended, so I guess that's <laughs> I guess that's homework. Well, it's funny because yeah, like I started reading it, and I was just like, man, this is really cool. In certain uh, regards, like all of it is really cool, but like, dude, it just it, it's a mind trip. It is completely a mind trip. Uh, you really have to have an open mind when you read it. Um, 
but uh yeah dude it's that guy was a, an absolute genius um and the thing that made him a genius was he read on so many different topics like dude his collection of books that he read that you would have to reference if you were talking about them is astronomical it is shocking and then i look at my pale you know to comparison group of books i'm just like dude i'm like a mental midget dude so on the path oh yeah hey you mentioned earlier when you were talking about engine zero getting uh-huh. out there and, and drilling the different positions that that you realized you needed to be stronger how did that change your uh, outlook on fitness oh man i've always had like a, a pretty strong fitness background um, throughout my entire life, really. Um, but I realized just having good endurance probably isn't enough, right? Like you need strength involved with it. Um, and so you need a mix of all of it. It has changed the way I work out now. Like when I work out, it's not just like, I'm just going to go for a run or I'm just going to do, um, some anaerobic working out, or I'm just going to do curls for the girls, you know, like heavy weights. It's like, uh, sorry, I know that's probably going to piss some people off, curls for the girls. No, but that's like, awesome. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what I mean by that is just lifting strictly weights, you know, heavy weights. Um, now I do all three for my workout. And when I really want to mess myself up, I switch the order. And so, but it's, a, it's, there will be cardio, there will be anaerobic, and there will be weights, and they will be heavy. And, and the reason why is, is like, it's, it's basically you're building yourself to be tough, whether that's mentally, right? Because after you can't breathe from doing an anaerobic and now you're like, all right, I need to go run, you know, two miles. You don't want to do that. And your body's like, dude, this sucks. And so mentally it makes you tougher because you fight through the negative speak of your mind because your body will go way past what your mind will tell it. And so, and then you finish that off and you're like, okay, cool, man. Like my legs are jelly. Cool. Let's go do some deadlifts and not just like 135. Like we're going to do 200 plus, right? Maybe we're going to, we're going to do, you know, our max weight and we're going to push it five times. Right. Like, and that's the thing is, it's just like, all right, let's do this. And it's, it's a mind meld. I will say, um, through all of that, like one of the things that like I will push even harder than all of that is when it's all said and done, I, uh, do a stretching routine. Um, I, I downloaded Romwad, somebody, uh, recommended it and, uh, dude, it is awesome because not only do you get kind of like in a meditative state, but you're also stretching out all those muscles that you just tortured. Um, and it's, uh, it allows the recovery to happen a lot faster. So, so yeah, just to, I, I mean, I'm glad you, you talked about a little bit of, a little bit of mobility, flexibility, whatever you want to call it there at the end. It's the first thing to go when I am, am working out and I feel short on time or whatever. And I'm always sorry because a couple, three workouts, uh, without, without really uh, mobilizing after. And again, it's something you want to do after when your muscles are already warm. And I think most people already know that. But um, man, you know, I, I really, I really feel the effects of that. 
I mean, we're, you know, we're not super young anymore. Um, but you ought to start it when you're young. So you don't, you don't break down. Like, oh, yeah. um, well, I'm like, you know, honestly, like I, I, I made a goal, man, it's been a few years ago, um, where I was like, you know what? Like, and this was kind of in my beat myself up, uh, uh, phase of life where I was going through some dark stuff. And so why not just torture the body to you know, mm. appease the mind? And so, uh, I, I did uh, a couple of ultra marathons back to back. And from that, like, dude, I, I pretty much gave myself a long lasting injury that uh, always flares up. And so um, the one thing that um, kind of puts it at ease after a hard workout is stretching. Now, would you say that running the ultras ended up being detrimental or it was like a lack of recovery focus while you were training and running those I think ultras? It was a lack of uh, working on mobility while I was uh, training or uh, post um, ultras. So, okay. but uh, to get out back to that workout thing, I mean, man, dude, if there's another book that kind of opened my mind to uh, just how powerful the mind and body really are, it, dude, it's David Goggins book. Like there's that book changed the way I think about my workouts and, and my workouts are now to punish my mind for being weak. And so dude, there's days where I don't want to do a damn thing. And like, and it's easy to just let your mind be like, you know what? Like you don't have to do it, man. And then you're like, Nope, I'm going to go do it. And you push, you push through it. And like those little, battles in your own headspace when you can tell your mind to be quiet the body is going to go do work like you can get a lot of stuff done um and so like building that mental toughness um has been huge huge i'm gonna have to read that because like admittedly my perception of it is a little negative um it just and again this is just a perception because i haven't read it and so I should not develop a concrete opinion until I have, until I've actually gone through the book. But it right. seemed like my perception was like, man, that guy's going to get so many people hurt. Like, you know, um, just some of the, some of the examples that he gives of what he's put himself through. Right. Um, you know, so, but I should read well, it. Well, and the thing is, is like, you got to tailor it to you, right? Like, um, he's willing to do that. Right most people aren't right. Like, and, and that's the thing is like, that's everybody will kind of tailor it to themselves and it doesn't have to be that extraordinary, you know, like it doesn't have to be the 240 mile race where you got off course, 14 miles, you gave yourself pulmonary edema and like had to go to the hospital. And then you still like came back once you got out and finished the race, you know, type of deal. It doesn't have to be that crazy. Um, it's those little victories, right? You're like, all right, like I want to go out and run a mile. Cool, man. Well, you hit that mile mark and you're like, all right, I ran my mile. I'm done. Or you can tell your mind, Hey, you got, you got another quarter mile in you. You got another 10 steps in you, right? It's just pushing past that perceived boundary that you started out with to, um, 
go just a little bit further than what you agreed to at the onset, right? And so, like, I try to do that. Like, I'll go out and run. Usually every day I'm at work, I try to go outside and run. I hate treadmills. I did a lot of treadmill workouts getting ready for um, my ultras, and they were painful, and I have a new respect for treadmills. Um, but at the same time, like I can't really be inside doing it and just being inside kills me. So I'll go outside and run and I'll usually pick laps around the station. Like, all right, I'm going to do, you know, six laps or whatever. And some of it's time dependent, you know, we got a job to do as well. So, but I'm always like, all right, six, I get to six and I'm like, you got one more in you. And so then like, and then sometimes when I don't have time constraints, that one turns into six more, you know, it's just like, all right, yeah, man, you got to push past that, that give up. Right. Um, you might really, you might really enjoy the book endure by Alex Hutchinson. Um, it explores the mind body connection in terms of, of endurance and when we do quit or when we do have to quit. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause like, uh, like I said, I did back to back, um, I did a hundred K and then the next week I was it next week or I think it was the next week I did a 50 K and like I was basically preparing for the hundred K and I didn't really think too much of the 50 K. Well, the hundred K dude was awesome. Like I've never had more fun. Like I had a smile on my face the entire run. It was just, it was a trip. I was just like, man, this is cool. Like, uh, really cool people that I met on the the trails and stuff like that. But, uh, it was just fun. And then the 50 K that I didn't really think about, dude, I, I totally left all of my food, like the supplement. I, I forgot them all in the fridge at home. And so I showed up to this race thinking I had them. So that night I'm like trying to get my shit together and I'm like, Hey honey, where's, uh, where's all the food for when I run? And you know, like, um, she's like, I think it's in the fridge. Cause we had the RV. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's not in there. And I'm like, Oh, so I literally started the race with water. I think like, uh, a little goo pack and that was it. And like some peanut butter, uh, pretzel bites that I forgot about halfway through the race. Right. So I, like, I start this race and I'm just like, well, they got aid stations. There'll be something. And so, like, it wasn't too bad on the way out, but it was an out and back. And on the way back, dude, like, because I wasn't fueling the whole way out, dude, it hit me on the way back. And I was just like, dude, it was so surreal, that feeling of, like, something's not right, but I can't quite pin it, right? And I'm just like, I know I feel weird, and I know, like, I'm not going like I should be going, but, like, I'm still going, Dude, it was a trip. And then, like, I started, like, getting cloudy-brained. And, like, it was towards the end, and it was all downhill. And I just remember running, and it was just like, all right, man, like, dude, like, you got to snap too, man. Like, you are not focused at all. And it's, like, all rocky and nasty. And, like, I'm, like, looking at this dude in front of me that was wearing, like, kind of like a full brimmed hat you know to keep the sun off of him and then like i look and he wasn't there and then like then there's another dude in front of me and dude it was just a trip right and like i'm basically just like lack of sugar in the brain right i'm just out of it 
And I finally go past that guy and like I look at him and it's the dude with the brimmed hat. He just took it off, but he ate shit bigger than my like, dude. He had blood running down his face. And I was just like, whoa, dude, like I didn't even see him fall or get back up. Like I was just lost. And uh, finally I stopped and like, because I had to pee. And I was like, all right, like maybe there's something in my backpack, man. I need food bad. Like I'm, I'm shaky and like, I don't want to eat it like that, dude. I mean, like it looked like somebody took a baseball bat to his head. And uh, yeah, dude, I found those stupid pretzels with peanut butter in them. I ended up finally eating and like that finally kicked in uh, a couple miles later and like the fog went away. But dude, it was a trip, man. Like, dude, it's so fun to push your body to places it's never been. And that's the, the biggest thing that I take away from workouts is push yourself to where where you've never been, um, both mentally and physically. You'll be better for it. That's cool, man. Thank you for sharing All right, that. That was really long. That's what we're here for. All right, so two more things. Oh, God. Number one, what advice would you give yourself first day off probation? First day off probation, mm-hmm. um, probation never ends. Like you're like everything that you did during probation is what you should be doing every day. Right. It's the little things. Uh, you know, I had a really awesome, um, uh, training chief when I first got on and he was like, you know, he's like, if you're walking through the station and like, you know, you see something that needs to be done, well, guess what? You're somebody do it. Right. And so, um, that kind of went through, uh, that went with me through all my probationary periods, which there's quite a few, but like, the thing is, is it should never end. Right. Like you should be doing those little things, right? Like, um, you should be trying to be first to do them. Right. Uh, and, and and it's not because, um, you're trying to impress anybody. It's just like, Hey man, that needs done. Like, nobody's done it. I'm going to go do it. Uh, and that, and that's the thing is that that should hold over. And same with training, you know, it's like, dude, you should constantly be pouring through books, magazines, going to classes, learning from people, right? Like I've learned some of the best, uh, things from people that you wouldn't you know, necessarily say were good instructors or were doing the right thing. Right. We usually learn more from people doing things wrong than we do from them doing them right. But the thing is, is you should constantly be learning. You should always have a learner's mind. That's the biggest thing. That's great. I, I heard a guy describe that as, is retaining the white belt mentality at all times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you're always a beginner, right? Like there's, it's always funny. Like I always think about like the, um, like there's always somebody tougher than you type mentality which is kind of the same thing you know it's like yeah man you could think you're the toughest man on the the planet right somebody's gonna give you your comeuppance you know and so um you have to have that humility to realize like there you could never in a infinite amount of lifetimes know everything or be the strongest person or whatever the case may be so like you should always have that learner's mind all right, man, last thing. Let's wrap it up. All right. I want to hear your okay. ideal fire service crew. I want you to staff an engine for me. Oh. You can put yourself anywhere you want on that rig. And, uh, you know, if you want to go with three, you want to go with four, you want to 
want to go with five? That's that's cool. So let's hear it. Who who do you want to ride with? <laughs> Dude, this is the worst question, by the way. How it so? Is, How so? It is so hard to answer this without, like, you know, leaving people uh, out, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, like, um, if I had to off the cuff, and then I'll I'll qualify um, an, another statement shortly thereafter. How's that sound? Um, Sounds good. I would take I would take Brush as the officer, just so I could bust his balls. And then I'm just kidding, Brush. Um, no, he's not. <laughs> um, let's see. So hold on. I mean, yeah. we're talking like friends. So that's Brian Brush, yeah. who who has had, who has worked many places. But but recently yeah. took a, a a training chief's job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so uh, we yeah. would we would actually be demoting Brush to to sit in the yeah. in the right front seat. Okay, I'm afraid his promotion might give him a, a, a it might be a prerequisite to get a frontal lobotomy because usually when you go across the street that's usually what happens. So we're going to bring him back so he doesn't lose the frontal cortex, and then. Uh, yeah, so I think I'd go brush, and, and he doesn't have to be in the officer's seat. I'd go Cody, and I'd go Gary. Okay. Those those three guys have given me an opportunity to be better than I should be. So we're talking so. Cody, Cody Trustrail. Yep. And Gary Lane. Yep. You guys got to rotate driving? Who's going to drive? Oh, dude, I don't know if any of them can drive, to be quite honest. So Cody uh, can. Co- I don't know if Cody can drive. I only know that he does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Gary can necessarily drive either. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't so, know. If, sounds uh, like you're the wheel man. <laughs> I don't know if I can drive. I hate driving, dude. You can ask my crew. They're like, dude, if there's one thing Adam hates, it's driving. So, um, so yeah, like maybe maybe we just hire a driver. Um, <laughs> you could uber if there's any good engineers out there yeah like dude we'll take you uh the rest of us will be doing work i always think of the driving position and and like as uh being in the rear with the gear and uh which is an important position but at the same time it's not one that i want to be you know what i mean like personally um so uh but yeah and then dude there's so many people so here comes my qualifying statement um i've been very fortunate um, in either by putting myself in those positions or by um, other people inviting me to do it, um, whether it's to teach with them or whatever. Um, it would be hard pressed not to take anybody. And I mean anybody. I mean, like, I've worked with brand new firefighters that, dude, I would go to the, the gates of hell with because they're that solid of people right um but there's so many people that i would put on those rigs that i want to work with it's it's ridiculous you know it was funny because i was sitting there thinking about it and i was thinking about one dude that like i would love to work with um he's mostly a trucky dude and like you know i've worked for departments that are engine heavy my whole career i would love to have a department that was like you know truck strong and, and if there was one person that I could work with on the truck, it'd be Jason Jeffries. I would love to work with that guy. 
on a truck, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, dude, there's so many people, so many people I'd love to work with. Yeah. Dude, I'd love to go up to Boise and me and you on Eagle, dude, just, we get all those guys up there, dude. There's so many good dudes. I would love to work with every one of them, you know? And that's the fun thing about like, uh, teaching is you get to work with those people. You know what I mean? Like you get to work with so many good people and like even the students, dude, every single one of them is a good person, dude. Like they're there, right? Like they talk about the 1%, like it's not the 1%, man. It's way more than that. That's crap. Yeah. It's uh, dude, it's, it's a huge percentage. And like when you go to those classes, it's a hundred percent. You look around, it's a hundred percent. Those people want to be there. They want to learn. Dude, I'd work with them any day of the week. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that perspective. And I know it is tough and sometimes guys feel like they're, they're, they're leaving people out or disrespecting others. And for me, I, I hope that it's just the opposite. Like you just specifically get to highlight and, and kind of pay homage to the, to the really special people who have impacted your career. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. And like I said, man, like just because I only had, three spots right i want to be on that engine so <laughs> yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna make it, it doesn't for take, someone else to ride yeah it doesn't take uh you know um it doesn't take away from the thousands of other people that i'd love to work with so um, well that'd be a pretty good group you can come find a fire at my house absolutely it, well that's if we aren't laughing our ass off on the way there and like stacking into a tree so <laughs> if you didn't stop to abduct anyone on the way yeah, exactly. <laughs> Snatch and grab, baby. All right, man. Uh, Adam, what else you got going on? You're going to be teaching uh, anything on the agenda? I guess we don't really, uh, you know, Brothers in Battle, we, our, our 2020 calendar is not fully in stone. So I guess you don't know exactly where you'll be. But what do you think? Where, where do you think you'll be found in the next uh, 12 months? Uh, I will definitely be at Portland. Um, and then I'm hoping to go to Boise again, but it just kind of depends. Like I, I usually, I really have to schedule it around family stuff. Um, a lot of times, like I'm using my own vacation to go do this stuff or time trades. So I got to really kind of balance it out and we haven't really kind of nailed down the family schedule. So once that kind of gets nailed down, um, I'll probably figure out beyond Portland. So but uh, that that one I'll definitely be at. That's hands down one of the most influential conferences on the planet right now. Do you know so, what you're helping out with this year? I don't know for sure. I believe I'll be with you doing the Beyond the Preconnect. But uh, I heard I heard some stuff in the background, and I don't want to I don't want to put anything out before it's out. So we'll see. We'll see where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, pal. Well, thanks for right. making the time, man. I think your perspective is uh, a breath of fresh air, and uh, I hope it's really useful for, for people. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on. And, and I, I, I just want to say thanks to the people that saw in me more than I see in myself. Uh, and so like, like Gary, Brian, Cody, you know, um, it's really humbling to have people um, open those doors, right, that you didn't think that ever would open. So thank you. That's cool.
Bye, bro. Thank you for having me on, dude. Episode 999, dude, in the books. Boom. It's done. It's in the can. Yep. All right, pal. Be good. Yo. All right, you do the same, brother. Yo. Yo. Thanks for listening to this month's episode of Refined by Fire. Hit us up on our Facebook page and let me know what you like. Let me know what you think we can do better. And let me know who you'd like to hear from in the future. Also, please be sure to check out Elkhart Brass. They're supporting us, so please support them. Elkhart Brass is a division of Safefleet. Safefleet owns a bunch of different brands like Elkhart Brass, like FRC, Foam Pro, and ROM. A bunch of companies that can help you out if you're specking an apparatus. They might have some stuff that you're interested in. LED lighting, flow meters, roll-up doors, etc. So if you're in the market specking a new apparatus, uh, make sure you check out what Safely can do. 